Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai in the next episode of the Ecom Show podcast and we are also live stream on Facebook and I'm uh, happy to have here today uh, Justin uh, Christiansen from uh, Texas and hey Justin, um, hey. how are you going today? I'm good. doing good, how are you? Yeah, all good, all good, a bit, a bit sleepy to be honest, it's uh, weather is terrible here, it's dark um cloudy uh, cold so <laughs> but apart from that it's all good it's q4 um and it's exciting so so yeah so today um we will talk about uh, conversion optimization and justin is a well-known uh, expert in this um, area and uh, he works with some uh, some big brands um and yeah, I would just have a few questions about this uh, topic. So my first question would be, um, there are so many marketing channels, email marketing, Messenger, Facebook ads, Google ads, and all of those. And um, everyone has some tips for Q4. There is some uh, nice uh, tactics, some uh, crazy strategy, and uh, like uh, other marketers and and business owners they always ask me about crazy email strategies uh, and yeah of course we have some but uh, my question is do you have any for Ciro like a special Q4 strategy is it does it exist anything like that um, I mean CRO the way that we kind of approach testing in Q4 is really just to, you know, basically all the rules are out the window in Q4. You can run as much promotion, you can run as much discount, yeah. you can run all of those things. And buying habits and buying decisions and all of the rationale are basically thrown out the window too. So they're buying for weird, irrational reasons, yeah. making impulse purchases. So usually how we test going into Q4 is we try to maximize obviously as much as we can from a structure perspective. So a flow of the website perspective, making sure that we have all of our collections, all of those things set up. And then we just get into promotion mode, trying to test, you know, different placements of the discounts, different, um, you know, auto placements versus not um, imagery, call outs on sale items and just really get in true promotion mode. I wouldn't say there are like any tricks or tactics or gimmicks. I, I try to stay away from those because a lot of the, mm. the the bigger brands out there just, you know, they don't venture into the gray hat world, you know, using false sense of scarcity and all of those things. So I just say, keep it simple, keep it real. And I, I guess I've been a little bit, um, jaded and a little bit grumpier than I used to be probably, you know, 10 years ago in, in my marketing career. But um, I just try to, I don't try to reinvent the wheel. I just try to keep it as simple yeah. as possible. You know, I like tiered discounts is one thing that we're testing a lot. We're testing a lot of gift with purchase. 
um, type stuff, even into the holidays, you know, even before the holidays, it's just working really well to help boost those average order values. I love bundles. I love things like that to kind of be strategic around this time of year, but you can't do normal CRO because the rational behavior of the buying decision is gone. Um, so understanding those behaviors is kind of pointless <laughs> during this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I feel like you are not a big uh, big uh, believer in uh, in uh, gimmicks and and gray the gray tactics as you said, and uh, I also share that because everyone, especially new guys, I think they expect some big uh, trick for mm -hmm. Q4, and uh, we don't have tricks. I mean, there are principles, and we just use those right as marketers. Yeah. And I, I see all of these, you know, we live in the, the pop-up e-com store world where everybody's yeah. teaching how, you know, to get rich in e-com. And I'm the opposite of that. It's like, I, yes, I'm very good at what we do. And, but at the same time, I'm not a magician. It's still marketing. It still takes time. It still takes effort. And if you want to build a brand, I'm your guy. But if you want a trick or tactic or gimmick, and yeah. you want to blow out an offer and then, you know, I, I can't count how many times I've seen that where a company will even hire us to come in and move the needle on the conversion rate. Um, I don't accept those clients anymore just for the sheer fact, you know, they mm -hmm. might be a, a print on demand solution and then they're expecting miracles. And then all of a sudden their Facebook ads don't work or now their email list is burned out or, you know, something and then they blame the conversion guy. It's like, why do my conversions? Because you got a crappy product and you're just not really caring about building a brand. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of against the, if I see another fake timer on, on uh -huh. a page, it'll be the, the last day. <laughs> yeah. I, see pretty, I see it pretty much every day. By the way, how about those fake uh, content timers and scarcity? I guess they work well in uh, short term, but after a while, it just uh, burns out the audience. Is that right? Or um, it just depends. So I'm leaning towards more long term growth type tactics. Yeah. Yes, I can get you the quick wins, and we always shoot to win. You know, I'm not always just hurry up and wait. But I, anytime you lie to people, you know, it's just putting a bad taste in their mouth. If you say the cart is going to expire in 10 minutes, empty the cart in 10 minutes. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not that hard to be, you know, truthful in, in that fact, but we're using other strategies and other elements, like just setting the expectation a little better. And there are ways you can get those conversion rates to go up without being sleazy about it. Yeah, exactly. Same in emails. Um, I could see so many fake content timers. And on the website, it's even worse because they refresh the page and the content timer starts again. And yeah. <laughs> that's well, and everything's on sale forever. It's like the evergreen sale. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like people will wise up to that eventually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so... Let's start with uh, with smaller stores. I know you do not only e-commerce uh, CRO, but let's focus on e-commerce. So let's say someone has a six-figure business annually. Where uh, should they start with CRO? Or maybe at this level, they shouldn't care about it or what uh, they should do at that stage. 
Um, if you're like a low six-figure store, generally you've kind of figured out an offer. You're probably not at the point of scale yet. Um, still putting some of the pieces together. So what I would generally do is use qualitative approach to CRO, not necessarily a quantitative angle because we get so stuck on our, you know, oh, if I just got my conversion rate from 2% to 3%, then, you know, my world would be so much better. And to me, conversion rate is kind of a relative number. So I really just care about understanding. And this goes for my, my split testing and my full clients too, is I just really care about what the visitors think, what's holding them back from taking the desired actions we want them to take. And I would take a, on a smaller store, I'd take a qualitative approach, meaning survey, poll, do heat maps, click maps, do those things to understand where these visitors are falling off. And then just making the adjustments to my store based on that, kind of on a cohort basis, you're probably going to see more jumps um, in terms of your results improvement than you would if we incrementally split tested, understood what how the layout of the page needs to be and what elements we need to add or remove, um, what holds weight, all of those things. Um, it's when you get to kind of that high six figures, low seven figures, that's when it starts to make a little bit more sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people just do not, they just try a lot of tricks and gimmicks instead of just letting their visitors uh, be the guide and pulling their ego out of the the scenario and using that qualitative approach. And that's, it's as simple as just using a heat map and an exit poll. And in the case of email, just survey, if you got customers, survey them, um, yeah. you know, figure out where you're screwing up and they're going to tell you. Yeah. Um, just so at that level, just try to understand what they think and go for qualitative, like a website survey, a heat map, just take a look at the website, how it could be better use common sense, basically. Yeah. And yeah. Don't think you, don't assume anything. Just ask yeah. your visitors. Um, exactly. A lot of people, even at higher levels, I mean, we work with some very large brands and they just assume it's going to yeah. work or assume it should be a certain way. And the data often says the other, you know, the, the, <laughs> says it the other way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and what happened? happens if they reach the seven figure low eight figure level they should go more quantitative they have more data so mm -hmm. so what happens then so really true cro is just understanding the the weight and the behavior of the visitor so think of it as ux or scalability rather than hey i changed a button color and it raised my conversion rate yeah. um because conversion rate at that level is going to be like this you know, one day it might be 4% because you got an ad that kicked off or you ran a big email promo or you had an influencer do a drop um, and conversion rates shoot up. But then the next day when it's back down to the normal 2%, then they're like, hey, wait a second, you know, you, you guys aren't optimizing my conversions when in the fact you need to lift everything up. If everything's kind of steadily going up, revenue's growing. Um, what I generally do is I use qualitative approach as well, but I use split testing to now understand what holds weight. Really taking that, you know, for an example, we ran an exit poll and figured out that this company didn't, um, the visitors didn't know which scent to choose of a product, you know, which one was the right fit. We just moved a scent guide up on the page, you know, and it increased mobile conversions. So just really, I really just understand, A, what are they, what moves the needle for them? What holds weight? Does imagery, 
does social proof, does the benefits, which, which of the benefits does price, does the discount, does your money back guarantee, does shipping, all of these things move the needle. And then I use that and I exploit it throughout the rest of the, the site. Really with, you know, so I'll test to understand that, but I'm really looking to what can I add, remove, change, rearrange, redesign on those pages to get them to take more of the desired actions that I want them to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just continually evolve that. And it isn't going to be, you know, we might see 20, 30% bump, but it's on that particular page. It's improving the overall experience. And if you think about it from that versus promo mode, because if you're at a mid seven figure, even into an eight figure business, you're not just turning and burning an offer and running, you know, direct response. You're really, you've created a brand at that point. Yeah. At least we would hope so. Um, so it's really about the longevity and the scalability of it overall, because if you're doing optimization correctly and effectively, then you're going to see lower cost per acquisition. You're going to see, you know, customer support complaints go down. You know, I mean, just little things that you can't necessarily quantify if you're so hung up on just, oh, the button color raised my conversion rate. Um, and there's ideas and tactics and strategies that you can use along the way and test. But um, really at that level, it's about constantly evolving your marketing message and your experience in shopping. Because if you can get the visitor to engage in the shopping experience, find what they're looking for, and then make that buying decision easier, all while spending as much money along the way, you're going to be better off than if you were just saying, hey, it's 50% off. Here's my customer. Um, And then you just burn out the list, you know, running the next promotion. Um, So I just really look for longevity and scalability and growth and overall, because, you know, you've seen it. There's companies out there. It's like, oh, if you don't get me 300% growth next week, you know, you don't know what you're doing. And this is a scam when you deal with a billion dollar company. And they're like, if you can get me 20% growth this quarter, it's like you guys would be an absolute heroes. Um, So it's different mindset going into um, kind of that scenario as you, especially in an omni-channel environment where you might have wholesale, you might have, you know, influencer traffic, email traffic, SMS, you know, Facebook, Google, you know, what have you. so I don't know if that answered your question. I tend to get rambling. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, really. Uh, and uh, there are definitely differences between the different stages. So, uh, yeah, six figure, they should focus on qualitative, just really understand their customers. And seven, eight figure, it really changes, especially if they have only channel approach. And uh, it's much it's much more than just the color of the button, for sure. <laughs> um, and... Um, how about a b testing so i can see some guys starting uh out with a b testing too early you know they generate like uh, ten thousand a month and they already start a b testing and uh what is the level where should uh start doing that um 20 to 30 sales a day i would say Mm -hmm. it's kind of where you can start um if you're doing like 10, 10 grand a month, I mean, I don't care what your average order value is. You're, you're just, it's going to take forever. Yeah. And you're going to be led down the wrong path. Yeah. Is 
one of the biggest mistakes I see is people jumping too early on a split test is they don't have the patience to let it run for a week or 10 days mm-hmm. to see. Yeah. Same with um, that. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't expect something to be statistically confident after three days or two days and be like, Oh, it's shown an improvement. Um, this is a new one. Let's move on to the next one. And they, they think they need to run a thousand tests a month. Um, sarcastically speaking, but a lot of companies, I mean, we get some that say, why aren't you running 200 tests a month? It's like, eh, you know, that's just spraying and praying at that point. Yeah. And, more the website and we can do it. Yeah. And <laughs> you're going to get noise. You're going to have breaks. You're going to have all of these things. And I would like, I'll run four to 10, um, tests a month. You know, I don't care what size you are. Um, just because I'm going to learn more, I'm going to win more and we're going to win the long game rather than the short sprints. Um, but yeah, if you're that early, just stick to the qualitative approach because a test, if you're staying getting, you know, four five, six sales a day, it's going to take you almost a month to run one split test. And I mean, it would take you a month to run one split test on your checkout page, not even on you know, a homepage or a collections or something that's a secondary page to the main flow. So you just go with the qualitative approach because you're going to learn a heck of a lot more. You're going to, that's going to make your advertising more effective too, because you're going to understand what buttons you need to push um, to get them to, to move on and click and improve all of those metrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, what tools would you recommend to, to people who just start out with this. Uh, I know that Google optimizes is it's a free uh, tool mm. and it's relatively good compared to the price. Same with Google Analytics. Uh, how about other tools? I think there is uh, VWO. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, so I use my primary tool is convert.com. That's the one kind of we go to. That's majority of the clients that we have are on that. Um, Google Optimize just does not play nice with Shopify for some reason. Okay. It's just clunky. Um, in that you and you're only reliant on your single source of data. But if you have something quick, you have headlines, you have something like that you want to test. Um, that's perfect tool for it. Um, I don't reinvent the wheel. I'm kind of again. I'm getting grumpier as the more I do this whole marketing thing. Is I don't, I just hate apps. I just, I, I, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I get like, it. Uh, how to say, like, they try to simplify everything for people who just started out. Yeah. This is the, how they make money. And that's fine. But after you, you are, you've been doing this for seven years, right? Or, or even more? As a service for seven years, I've been doing digital marketing 20. Wow. So, so yeah. I, I guess just pieces off when you see that certain things are just oversimplified and uh, yeah, well, I think you I mean, so I use Google analytics to answer your question. So I'll use Google analytics. I'll use a heat map tool. My favorite one there is Hotjar, and then I'll use a split testing tool. Other than uh-huh. that, we almost always custom code or custom build everything else. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, it's happened this week where Company calls us freaking out saying, you broke my site. Something's wrong. Be like, well, what did you change? Because it was working yesterday. Um, it's like, well, we didn't change anything. It's like, yeah, what did you change? 
It's like, we didn't change anything. It's like, no, seriously, what did you change? And they're like, oh yeah, we had this app company in, in there installing this. We installed this app, but I don't think that app's going to do anything with it. I'm like, you have 75 apps installed. One of them probably updated. You added this one thinking it wasn't going to hurt something. It probably broke some other third-party app. Now your checkout's yeah. down. So then we're chasing our tail and they blame us because we're the developers in there changing stuff on their website. Um, so I've day by day, I'm getting more and more anti-app. Um, wow. And I, I just, I seriously, I just like to keep it simple. If I can split test it, I can track it. We're good. Yeah, simplicity is key. Um, but I guess seven years ago, you had to code more than now, right? Because uh, there were um, less. No, we've always been pretty developer heavy. Mm -hmm. um, we're even more developer heavy than we were back then. Um, majority of our staff are developers. Uh-huh. But back then, I mean, it was there. I mean, I've been testing since before there was split test tools to do it, you know, where we'd have to split an AdWords campaign and heck, even before AdWords, um, you'd have to split it into two pages and pray you got an equal sample size and a big enough sample size. Um, but no, we've I mean, there are a lot of apps that can solve kind of the problems. But I mean, even something as simple as a promo bar on a Shopify store, we hard code that. I, I don't yeah. want it. Um, and there are, are some amazing apps out there that do those kind of functionalities and promotions that we mention just simply can't. What? Can you mention, can you mention um, a few apps? Yeah, a really good one is Just Uno is one example that a lot of big brands use for promotions, pop-ups, et cetera, email capture. Um, obviously, Klaviyo for the email side, which has some great pop-up solutions and, and things. Um, you know, any of pretty much, I guess, probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah, it's probably the biggest one is a promo bar or somebody doing like coupon add-ins or auto-apply things to that nature that affect the actual checkout. Um, recurring subscription apps. Yeah, recharge. Oh um, recharges at the top, like up there on the pile, as far as ones that you can make work. Um, if I had time, I would probably build my own. Like literally I would build a better one. Yeah. Um, but in terms of that, like I, I have nightmares about bold re recurring for some yeah. reason. I just, I have the same. I'm, dealing with, I'm dealing with it again, like having to remove it from a site and it's, the last time we did it, it took us three months to get it all removed. Wow. Um, so, I mean, I, again, I like a gift with purchase. There's a lot of those solutions out there. We custom coded one because all of those other ones are just so clunky and they try to pack in all of these amazing features. Um, oh, pre-checkout upsell. I actually found one that works really well. Um, Candy rack is one that I like. Um, that mm -hmm. I'm using on a few stores now instead of cuts. Usually we would custom code it, but they actually have some pretty decent logic um, that actually gets it to do. Their analytics engine isn't very good, but mm -hmm. um, but the app works, it functions, it's effective. I can get the average order value to move. Um, so I like that, but I again, prefer to like to custom code it. Yeah. 
How about uh, different cross-style upsell apps? Uh, I would mention three of them, Card Hook, uh, one-click upsell, and uh, Reconvert, because yeah. they are very popular these days. Yeah, so Card Hook, you can't sign on anymore. Um, you have to be an existing member. They are going to be in the back end of Shopify Plus okay. soon. I th- I bu- I'm not 100% sure, but I, they, I believe they got acquired by Shopify. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I know we're live, but it's, it is what it is. Um, but they're not taking on any new vendors. Um, okay, OCU, Ezra's product, it works great if it's functioning. It has some limitations on the design functionality of the upsells. Um, reconvert creates a duplicate order. Um, and you have to re-enter your credit card information. So they all work in a sense, but I have always, I've been going the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I've literally, I, I am trying to test away from all of the post-checkout stuff um, because some of the largest brands in the world don't use post-checkout upsells. It's just, there's a lot you can do for an average order value on the front. So pre-checkout, like Candy Rack, for example, is working really well. Um, Gift with purchase. There's other hard code kind of upsell. You can do quantity breaks. You can do bundles. You can do things in the cart itself versus having to wait and then get the after. So again, looking long-term, is it is it going to move the needle to have your post-checkout given all of a sudden they've got four more upsells? You know, and I come from a direct response background. So I know all about get the lead, get the sale, upsell the hell out of them until you get your average order value. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of our clients is ClickFunnels. So, you know, we do all the optimization for their funnels. So we know um, I've been around that game a long time. But um, Carthook's probably the biggest one, OCU. I'm not a huge fan of re- reconvert. Um just because it creates that duplicate order and it's a pain to track um, effectively from an optimization standpoint because you have to pull in revenue differently um, and apply it to the same order. Um, But yeah, I, again, I go back to simple and again, that customer journey and, you know, just recently one of our clients turned off three of their upsells. They have a one upsell just because they're kind of stuck and we've been able to, Doing that and doing some of the front-loaded stuff, we've taken their average order value from 80 bucks, And I think the high this week that we've hit was um, 109. Mm-hmm. So, and that's with one upsell versus four on the post-checkout and everything else done on the front. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do uh, from that standpoint. And honestly, average order value is probably... Um, the simpler of the metrics to optimize for in an e-commerce world, particularly if you got a bunch of products, um, throw a bundle in there and you just have to be able to focus on it. And once you do that, you're going to win. Even more than the CR, the conversion rate, right? Of the website. Yeah, because I mean, your conversion rate is going to fluctuate. Yeah. And as long as you keep that in check and you can scale, because if you throw 100% more traffic on a website, your conversion rate is going to drop. It's yeah. just the nature of it. Um, so, But if you can keep that average order value in check while mitigating the downside, you know, the, those little things, because I always optimize revenue first. That's just revenue yeah. per visitor. 
even if it has a decrease in conversion rate, like maybe three, four or 5% and the revenue's up 15%, I'll call it a win because, you know, I can then fix that conversion rate issue uh, later, but I can't, you know, revenue is a big deal. You know, that's, that's that's the whole point of the game. It isn't, doesn't matter if I have a one or a 2% conversion rate. Yeah, as a friend of mine said, uh, but it, it it applies for email marketing, CRO, and for everything. You cannot get an interest rate uh, for your open rates or your conversion rates in the bank. You have to put money into the bank. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, does it matter if your email promotion got a click-through rate of 15% or 30 when yeah. one when the 15% produced twice as much revenue? Yeah. You know, I mean, it... it that to me is why in what I've been preaching for seven years is your conversion rate doesn't matter at the end of the day. You know, it's because I can have two companies, same similar products. One needs to convert at 3%. The other needs 1% to, to be successful because they just have different inputs and outputs. And if you optimize for scalability and revenue, you're going to win um, versus Oh, I tested a hundred things this month and I, you know, my conversion rate went up or down because, you know, I get analytics reports from 50 companies every day and I just looked at one and it said, Oh, conversion rate went from 1.99 down to 1.87. And I don't freak out because three months ago it was 1.4 instead of 1.9. And now their average order value instead of 145 is 155. You know, it's like those it's the long game. And that's where I get frustrated. And I'm sure you do on, you know, the email side is everybody expects miracles. And yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's the long, it's the long, you know, I've been doing this a whole heck of a long time and um, get to see some incredible things. So it's, it's those that be patient in the process and embrace the journey are the ones that win the long game. Yeah. And uh, there's a huge role of education here. And uh, we have to educate the clients, the business owners on this. I always tell this to my team as well, to our account managers, that they should uh, educate the the clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we, we also have to teach everyone to think long term because everyone wants a quick success. Um, but it's a long topic. <laughs> we could yeah. talk. About it for well, I've hour. been I've been preaching it for seven years, and I've, I've done <laughs> yeah. hundreds of podcasts. I've, I wrote a whole entire book on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've written countless articles on it. I pretty much repeat myself every single day. Um, and all you can do is just be just a little bit better than you were yesterday. Yeah. Because I'm the most impatient person out there ever. Like mm-hmm. I ask my team, ask my wife. I am not patient. Um, and CRO makes me be patient. And as long as my clients are patient, and they embrace this journey, we win. It's when they try to rush it and force the situation and try to get those quick wins that we lose. So that's yeah. probably the biggest lesson I could teach somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my last question would be, so let's give a few tips to our audience. And uh, I know it it won't change the world, but maybe if you could give them like three tips where to start this CRO and what are the most important three things besides patience? So uh, I think one of 
one of them is imagery and good design in general. Just make it mm-hmm. high quality. Make it, it depends on the brand, but usually make it uh, clean and minimalistic. Don't be too, you know, too many icons and, and all of that crap. Just make it simple. I think uh, that's one thing and, and just having high quality images. Um, I'm curious yeah. what think. What are the so- most... For me, I get this. I'm glad you said high quality because I get this question a lot is what's the best Shopify theme? What's the best this? The answer is the free one they give you out of the box. It said start there because it's as simple as it gets. You can add and customize it however you see fit and it's going to make you keep it simple. Um, I say I always have. So I look at kind of five things. Do we have a good mix of imagery? Meaning you mentioned images, but do we have good product shots from all angles, super high quality? Do we have lifestyle shots or something that'll help support the product being real or the quality in it? Um, You got to picture, get the visitor picturing themselves using the product. I look for key benefits of the product um, over features. So that's one big tip that most people still to this day fall short on. Yeah. They're all about, look at us, look at how awesome we are versus here's what it's going to do for you as a consumer. Um, leveraging their key um, selling propositions. So I like to call them, you know, your, your trust elements. Like what's your money back guarantee? You know, what's your shipping times? Is there shipping? Um do you have a warranty? Is it made so, in the USA? All of those things to help support that buying decision. Sorry, um, just just a question here because I had a discussion about this with a friend. So would you put the shipping time and cost on the product page, not at the checkout? I'm a big fan of putting this on the product page, but my friend told me the opposite. So I'm just curious what you think. No, we test like you're talking like a get it by kind of scenario so we test this on the product page and the Mm -hmm. cart and the modal you know the cart slide cart all of those things Mm -hmm. we'll almost always see an improvement if we put it on the product page yeah i think it's a toss up everywhere else because the biggest drop-off point in 90 percent of the stores is not the checkout it's not the cart it's the product page 90 percent of it so if you mm. want to get that for your own store, here's a great tip. Go into Google Analytics, go to e-commerce. Hopefully you have an enhanced e-commerce turned on in your store. Um, and then click shopping behavior. It'll give you the graph and it'll tell you the second one from the left. It'll tell you what's your drop-off rate. I saw yep. one yesterday. It was 98%. Wow. <laughs> so if you your job at the product page is to tell them, help them make that buying decision. It isn't to tell them how awesome your product is. It isn't all of those things that you think might matter don't necessarily matter. Having a mile long page with how awesome the product is and look at all these features and we support this cause and we do all those things. It's that six inches on mobile that's a page and a half scroll. That's what matters. And the more you can get into that, the better. And the more you can set the expectation, the better. Because people, we live in an Amazon world. We're competing with Amazon. I can place an order right now, and in two hours, somebody's going to knock on my office door and deliver my product. 
we don't have that luxury. We don't have distribution centers everywhere. At least most of us, <laughs> we're, we're not Amazon. So you have to set that expectation and know that, hey, it's not going to be a 30-day window. And, and we've seen it. It doesn't matter if we put seven days or 15 days or three days or five days on that timer. As long as we say, you order today, you're going to get it by this date. You know, what have you? It just sets that expectation and tone. So I believe everything you can do on the product page, the better. Um, to really set that expectation of where and what's mm -hmm. going to happen and the quality, if you have a warranty and all of those things that really support. Um, and I'm a firm believer in imagery over text. So I would rather see, I've got a 90 day guarantee versus we have a 90 day money back guarantee. If you're not satisfied by any reason, you know, we've got enough stuff and noise on an e-commerce store. Yeah. Um, so I leverage icons a lot. Um, the product page is not a place to put your credit card images. Mm -hmm. um, that's another one I see a lot of people do is just they put their security stuff and their credit cards all over the product page. They don't care about that. Everybody's secure. Everybody's that. It's, those are things for the cart and the checkout for when they have to actually get their credit card out and buy. Um, it's it's helping them make that buying decision the most possible. So streamlining above the folded page is really how to do that. Setting the expectation. Um, I'm sorry, I'm rambling again. Yeah, Justin, thanks a lot. You shared a lot of great tips. And uh, yeah, especially new guys, I think they could learn a lot. But even uh, higher level guys, uh, I guess the work there is more about branding, more about UX. Uh, the mm -hmm. six-figure guys, they are still figuring out their buyer persona and these kind of things. So different level. But uh yeah, it's all about testing and keep improving, keep, yeah, keep testing. Um, yeah, so Justin, if anyone wants to find you, where they can find you, where they can. Um, you can go to conversionfanatics.com, um, bunch of stuff there, a bunch of resources, find links to my book. If you want to find me on social, I'm pretty much everywhere. Um, mostly on Facebook, probably, I would say, um, but one spot social dot com slash justin christensen is kind of my online business card so mm -hmm. you can find links to my youtube channel all of my old videos and all of the fun stuff that if you want to learn more about cro but um yeah i'm available too if anybody has questions or anything i'm i do this all day every day so i, I look at probably i don't know 50 to 60 sites a week um outside of our clients so um just happy to help in any way that I can. And I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, and I appreciate that you joined us today. Thanks for sharing all of these. We will put the link below the description of this episode. Uh, and uh, thanks everyone for uh, listening to us today. And uh, every Thursday, we are coming out with a new episode with an expert. Um, so thanks everyone again and uh, stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.